Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 175, episode 5 of The Daily Zeitgeist! The thrilling season finale. Uh, This is a production of iHeartRadio, and it's a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. All right, stop with the cake and listen. Icing lax, put more till I say when. Frosting, always heavy, not lightly. Eat with a big spoon daily and nightly. Will I ever stop? Nah, don't think so. If you got a problem, yo, cake solves it. Check out the takes from the home of fuck fondant. Icing, baby. (laughs) That cream cheese icing, baby. Uh, that is courtesy of Christian Boosh and uh, the little uh, fuck fondant assist from Connor Bien Greg. Uh, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Well, I'm Miles of Gray. That's Jack OB. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> I smoke the blunts and sell you bidets. What more can I say? Okay, so that is a skater boy, Avril, Canadian, just legend straight to my heart. From the brew, okay, not the bro. We cleared that up on Discord. It's the pronounced brie. the brew, not the bro. Brie? Yeah, yeah brew. All right, shout but out, I'm brie. still going to use it like, like yeah. a bro. Shout out, brew, and also shout so out uh, my boys Chris and Mike D. It's your birthdays, you old washed people. So, haha. Who are those? Get older. Just my Beastie boys. boys? Oh, nah, okay. oh, yeah, Mike D, yeah. <laughs> that one, right? Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Dahlia Molly! Hey, hey, hey. Hello, thank you. I'm sorry I don't have a theme song. I didn't come That's prepared. Good. What's it's your favorite good. karaoke song? I've never done karaoke because I hate it. I'm sorry. Oh, cool. Are you a, Are you even like a private singer, like in your room, the shower, or however you find the venue to sing? I'll sing in the car, or um, sometimes if someone's having a problem, I'll like sing their problems to them. Oh. Like, <laughs> just, like, I'm an annoying person, but I don't like, I don't sing, sing well. Problems They're like, your is relationship that... is dissolving exactly. because there's no trust. And you're like, like, doesn't please. it feel better now? <laughs> you're like, no, I wanted help. <laughs> is that something they're requesting? Like, is that a, oh, a no. service you offer? That's <laughs> just yeah. Nobody how wants you're this. like, you just sing it back to them. That's your form of emotional unwanted therapy. Yeah, yeah. I like Indeed. that. <laughs> What's a song? Okay, but what's a song you do sing? We don't have to do karaoke, but we all have we have we have ones that we belt out the belters. What's your belter? I used to um like to practice yarling, you know that song by Creed. Can you take me? Me I heard a little. That, that yeah. yeah. Um, heard, heard. That's a uh, favorite. <laughs> That was beautiful. Um, yeah, where Can are you coming you to us take from? Dally? Me, Dally. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. We got it. I'm I'm here in um, Southern California. Sunny um, Southern California, which yeah. is or rainy. Yeah, there's a there's a very ominous cloud above my home at this moment. Just, Just your one. Home. We yeah. might get it's rain. like white noise. It's a chemical cloud. There was a train accident. Um, <laughs> the temperature today, and I'm going to be that annoying LA person that, uh, complains about mm-hmm. it being, uh, between 45 and 55, uh, which is that those are the highs and lows where I live. Uh, it's terrifying. That's not, that's not what I signed up for. Asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. asshole being Southern California or yeah. Earth. I mean, God, we're not even going to break 50. Right. That's not <laughs> what we on. pay California tax for. That's no. right. Exactly, and it's I'll also, just, I'll, I'll, but I will. For, I'm glad this just gives me the reason to wear nine hoodies at once. Yes, I just remembered you can do this. You can wear a long sleeve shirt under a t shirt. I forgot yeah. this was a thing, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm set for like the rest of this season." Speaking <laughs> of it, Avril Lavigne, wasn't that her move? Okay, skater boy. <laughs> okay, skater girl. With the accordion sleeves, just <laughs> just like adjustable. <laughs> also, they don't put uh, insulation in the homes out here, so it it, it is cold. Okay, uh, I've lived 
on your east coast, uh, it's still it, it is chilly here when you, it gets cold. Yeah, again, I, I don't I don't mean to ask you where you say you hail from, but you you hail from the northeasterly yeah, quadrant. I've lived in say? Boston. Mm. But where did you say like your blood? You know, what I mean, is forged genetically in from... Philly. All right, yeah. there we go. Which, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. Wrong with that? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess you do not. you, and we'll do us over here in LA. You know what I mean? I've never seen a white person get asked, "Where are you from?" From, <laughs> yeah. like, right? Exactly. Right. I just, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to have, I want Jack to have the most, you know, broad experience as a human <laughs> being. But like, where are your people from? But if I say, like, if I just give a simple, if I'm just like, oh, I'm from Boston, then like everybody's from Boston, so somebody's inevitably going to be like, oh, I grew up in Braintree, yeah, like, like that, and then I have to be like, well, I only lived there for a couple of years. Get out, bro. And Philly, I've never lived there, so I can't really. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, a, it's a challenge, just, you know? It's a horse with uh, no name or home. <laughs> uh, all right, Dally, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. The Derek Chauvin, Chauvin trial is moving forward. Um, we've got some... Uh, I think five, maybe even six people seated on the jury uh, as of this recording. Uh, speaking of uh, police brutality, the L.A. City Council issued a report telling the truth about the LAPD. And they got it out there before the LAPD could uh, issue their two reports being like, great job. We nailed it. Uh, <laughs> well, we have so... <laughs> two that are <laughs> obscuring the truth. Right. But this one is pretty objective and it's from former LAPD uh, commanders. So uh, they're just like, y'all, we've been we've talked about this so right. many times. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about voter suppression just going next level. Uh, we'll talk about Prince William's spirited defense uh, of <laughs> his family, uh, his family's racist past. Uh, we'll talk about Sharon Osbourne. We'll talk about when we're getting that check. Uh, we'll talk about the Thai Cave Kids movie. Holy shit. What the that, fuck? That is... That sent sh chills. I've noticed that the uh, Parasite Oscars where Parasite cleaned up, that's one of those things that anytime you bring it up, people are like, wait, that was just last year? That seems like it was uh, decades ago. One year ago. ago. <laughs> uh, but this is a new one that I'm just like, wait, what? The fuck that I'm that like the Thai cave thing from '94, right? Right. They're just exactly. talking about that now. I'm like, am I seeing things correctly? Uh, and there's a a new article on brain fog in the Atlantic that has some things to add to the discussion. So we'll we'll talk about that, all of that, plenty more. But first, Dally, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I actually found out that my Google search history is turned off. So I feel like that says something about me, like yeah. I'm suspicious. But um, so I manually went to my browser history and found Google. And apparently I was asking Google, are there women in the mafia? And mm, hell yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'm going to have to admit, I didn't really read the article very well. <laughs> Just so a I'm curiosity. Not... Yeah. yeah, I I think the answer is kind of no, and I'm I'm not sure if that's just because the mafia is made up of patriarchs or if women are just better at getting away with things so they don't get caught. Um, <laughs> right, right. Like the, but, the wildest gangsters, all women. Yeah, but women do generally have a lot of representation in organized crime, so. Right. Yeah. Based on, I mean, if if I take the Sopranos to be reality, there were female bosses, you know. Oh, there were? Say. I haven't seen it. There was one, yeah, it was, but it was very brief and she was merely like an object of, of like toxic masculinity very briefly and then they moved on and you're like, oh, okay, so. I feel like it depends on, right, your definition of mafia, but um, there's obviously like a bunch of like drug lords who are women in- Right, like Griselda. Like, right, the Miami uh, cocaine wars. So, yeah, but I I do feel like it, there's something about the- the patriarchal nature, like you said, of of the Italian mafia that resists. Um, I mean, women what's the, what's in. like the what's a truly for, like feminist organized crime organization? You know, like what do we have? Yeah. I think that's an interesting one of like where they're like, hey, the 
the boss is talking. Create space for her to speak her piece, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where right. they talk like that or whatever it is. But I'm curious. Mm. We'll have to Google it one of these mm-hmm. days. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Dahlia? Um, I think that sleeping in the same bed as your romantic partner is overrated. Mm. Um, <laughs> I say this because um, I told my partner like right pretty early into our relationship that this is what I require, that we have like separate beds, separate rooms. Um, And I know sometimes people wind up in that situation, like after they've had a fight or their relationship has started to dissolve or whatever. But I was like, I want this from the start. I don't understand why like being in love means you lose 50% of your bed. That's, I don't know if this is just like, (laughs) I'm a light sleeper or I'm an only child, but I'm just like, I think everyone else is weird. (laughs) And I'm like, I know our situation is unusual compared to everyone else, but I'm like, no, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, So for for you, you, do, you just don't want to see it bed, any bed. I, I don't want to share. <laughs> I, right. I just, I'm like, <laughs> sleeping time is for me. I don't know. I have like, I was, when I was still living alone, I got a queen bed because that's how much space I want. Like, I want right. to be outstretched in like a star shape in the center of my bed. And, <laughs> On like, your back? Just, yeah, yeah exactly. just. Happy, like, because I'm a queen. Right. I just don't think that that should be taken away from me. I don't, like, I don't know if under, if do people understand, like, sex doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to happen. Like, as you're going to sleep. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't know why these things are combined. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's like, there's something culturally, I think we saw, like, grandparents do that with, like, the separate beds. And, like, I remember mm-hmm. there being, like, black and white TV shows mm-hmm. where you would see it. And people are just like, well, that's for prudes. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move yeah. into the Brady Bunch I era. fuck from that far away. <laughs> right. Huh? But I'm like, I want my own room, not just my own bed. Like, I right. need my space just to be me. <laughs> and I definitely have read, like, research that says that that is, like a more progressive or like a, a great way to um you know keep a relationship healthy and especially yeah like if you're saying Dahlia like if you are a light sleeper there's nothing that will get you more off of your shit than like not sleeping restfully that you'll carry into the next day because like at my house my partner her majesty she likes to have all the fucking pets on the bed so I sleep in these contorted positions where pets occupy the negative spaces that I am not. And sometimes like, but then I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to disrupt the little cat right now. So I don't want to move my arm. And then I'm like fucking myself over. If I had my own bed, wouldn't happen. Starting to think I might be coming it's, around to this. I'm a real pioneer. Yeah. No, for real. That's, yeah, that's like, there's all sorts of like whack things that are like really good for relationships, like seemingly whack, like uh, scheduling, like intimacy, being like, all right, it's Wednesday, eight o'clock, time for our right. like weekly uh, cuddle sesh or whatever. Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, th- this is definitely a, a good one. I've, I've been struggling with uh, it. Similar thing, but with kids, uh, my wife likes to have, like, doesn't mind when the kids come into our room in the middle of the night and come snuggle, and then I just get kicked to the fucking curb. <laughs> your back spine just yeah, back yeah. kicks like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. bad I just news. think there's something to be, like, we love each other, and I want to keep loving right. him. And I, I think there's something to be said for just kind of like maintaining a relationship with yourself while you're in a relationship. Absolutely. I mean, credit credit to you for knowing what your needs are and communicating them up front clearly from the beginning, which is what most people do not do. And then they end up being resentful and be like, why'd you break up? It's like, I should have just said we needed separate beds from the jump. Yeah, but I, didn't. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just I just realized it sounds like I'm just alone in my room jerking off all day, but that's not what I meant. I like What are I you just... doing in there? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Getting to sleep. Where's that USB charger? The one, that, uh, the one that for that package that came that had the very vague label on it. No. Okay. Are you like an affectionate person though? Like, are you? That doesn't mean because I think a natural conclusion would be like separate beds. Like, what? No touching, no hugging. Right. No, I am. I like cuddling. I'm a cuddler, but I'm like, there's a time and a place, and yeah, it's not when I'm sleeping. Like, yeah. right. Get your arm away from me. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. What is something you think is underrated? 
Um, I was just going to recommend a musical artist um, that I think is really underrated. Um, oh. His name is Illingsworth, and he's uh, based in Detroit. He's a, a rapper and a producer and an MC, and he's just constantly putting amazing stuff on Bandcamp and social media, and he's hilarious. He has a weekly podcast um, that he um, hosts on Twitch. It's called Eternal Invite. And he's just, I don't understand why he's not more, like, too famous to talk to me. You know, um, <laughs> you know when people reach that point in their career where it's like, all right, it's time to pare down my social circle. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. I, I'm like, why, are, why isn't he there yet? He should be. He's just so interesting and funny. And I think, he, like, people should be hiring him to do, you know, to produce their songs and his voice sounds like a Nickelodeon character. He should be doing like voiceover on people's weird <laughs> adult animation projects and stuff. He's just, he's great. He's amazing. Any particular Nickelodeon character? <laughs> well, it would have to be a new one, um, like similar to Doug, where everybody is like, you know, blue and purple and stuff. Right. Um, right. But like, like scratchy, modern. like Roger? <laughs> Maybe. I'm trying okay. to remember who the characters are now. Was that? Roger was like the the dude with the leather jacket who was like the bully. Oh, I don't know. Is he? I don't know if he would be like. I could see him being more like a Hey Arnold type of. um, Oh, love Hey Arnold. Character like a. He seems like a protagonist to me. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) What? um, Check him out. I I love like people who are producer MCs because like it's such a most people are either or. And sometimes people dabble in one direction or the other, and it's never as good. So I'm, it's, I'm always like out, out to hear more uh, dual threat musicians like that. How'd you find out about Illingsworth? Um, he's done some work with Open Mike Eagle, and they, I think they toured together or something. I saw him live in LA like a long time ago, and I started following him on Twitter, and I thought he was hilarious, and we just kind of got in touch. So we've only ever met on the internet, but I have. I've been in the same room with him watching him perform, but I've never like truly met him face to face. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, he's done my show a few times. Um, he's just so funny. I think comedians really like him. So, um, well, then yeah. shit, you might hear him on this show. Yeah, this might be an underrated that uh, then appears on the show. Yeah. If we can get him. Sounds that like would he's be amazing. About to Sounds like he's really famous and it's hard to talk to. <laughs> he, um. he should be. <laughs> right, right, Talk right. to his management. I don't, don't tell him... Don't tell him I sent you because then, you know, I might be overstepping. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. We wouldn't, we wouldn't dare to do that. Yeah. Be like, yo, Dahlia said that uh, you could come on the show. <laughs> said you were down as fuck, bro. It was good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll give you his email address and his home address. And- hey. <laughs> Perfect. Pull right up. His phone number. <laughs> There's something about, I, I am looking forward to getting back to, like, I, I definitely didn't feel like I went to live shows as much as I wanted to before, but there there's just something about seeing someone live that you really, for the most part, that you just, like, fully get the energy and appreciation, and then the music is, like, much better uh, going forward, like, after you, like, the listens feel better. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. All right. Let's take a quick break. And we'll be right back to talk some news. And we're back. And uh, Derek Chalvin's trial, murder trial, uh, third degree murder trial. Uh, is moving forward. Well, now in third, yeah, there was a there was a bunch of action. Yeah, they that was like a question, right? Yeah, because before he was appealing and it it, it was taken out, and then now an appellate court has said, no, you need to reinstate that third degree charge, and that is good news because second degree would have been harder to get, unfortunately, even though there is a video of him murdering George Floyd in um, slow that, motion. That just... is not enough. Um, because of, you know, the, what, like the things that, or the, uh, just how that case needs to be tried. Um, and then manslaughter was the other charge that was out there and that would not have been enough at all. So this charge carries a sentence around 25 years if convicted, which is light again, considering it was straight up murder, um, of an unarmed person. People were telling him to get off of the, yeah get off of his neck and stop murdering someone. And he was just sitting there with his hand in his pocket. Now, you know, the the jury selection has is like in full swing. And we've talked about how 
hard it was going to be to have a, a jury that looked diverse and not a jury that could have been exclusively white because there were these surveys that potential jurors had to fill out that sounded like basically saying, like, do you know about police brutality? Oh, then you can't. <laughs> you're not good for this trial at all. And as it stands, uh, Jack, you're saying there's six people seated or at least at the time I was reading about it, five people had been seated. Uh, yeah, and I think there's a sixth, hear, but I don't know. Who oh, this okay. Is. Three white men, a woman of color, and a black man is so far what the jury looks like. So it'll be curious to see what the other seven end up being. And yeah, that hopefully this trial, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> just it's, it's just it's one of those harrowing things because you're seeing how the county is already setting up for it as if like they're protecting this courthouse in the way they would have never protected even the Capitol. Um, all because this is a trial where people are really trying to seek justice and ensure that there is a real outcome after another murder of an unarmed person by the police. Right. They were vetted about whether they'd seen the footage of Chauvin uh, in this, according to this USA Today article, right. restraining Floyd. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fucking wild i mean yeah uh, it's another dude but they don't have any description beyond that in this article yeah. i can't oh, believe I... that that's his name like you know when the symbolism is just so heavy-handed like his name yeah. is really chauvin like it sounds like chauvinist right <laughs> yeah i mean and then the other two officers their trial i think is later on um where they, i think it was like aiding and abetting a murder or the, i forget what the charges are for them but yeah this is i mean this is a lot of eyes are going to be on this and feel like it's pretty easy to adjudicate this one right based on like what you're seeing and the fact that the defense has to like have these weird questions insofar as like did you know this guy killed a guy to be to be disqualifying is so fucked up um when you know this should just we, we should be able to try this in a very straightforward manner but you know three three or two judicial systems as we've seen Mm. in this country yeah, like, what would they do if Donald Trump was ever, like, tried for any of the shit that he did? Would people have to have, like, not heard of Donald Trump? Yeah, like, it would not... be, like, cartoon characters or something. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're like, wait, you've heard of... Okay. Uh, it, I don't know. I, it's it's really... That would be a really interesting one, too, because I don't know what you... At that point, it's impossible to escape the profile of the president. Um, but, right. Yeah. You know, his his indictments are probably coming in a in a matter of time and we'll talk about oh that. yeah yeah totally totally uh all right let's talk about uh a related matter the la city council uh released a report that is pretty objective and sort of confirms a lot of the shit we saw on social media the videos the eyewitness accounts of what was happening in the streets in la in response to the george floyd protests it's highly critical which, you know, they, I, I'm not saying it's all because uh, a, a TDZ guest was nominated to the city council, but, uh, you know, mostly I'd say. <laughs> and it notes that the LAPD, it, it says mishandled the unrest, but like there's just, first of all, it's frustrating that this same thing has been repeated over and over again. Uh, the One of the former LAPD commanders who was in charge of the report was like, I, I've said this shit before. Um, and he's a former cop. What do you mean like that? Oh, that they've been mishandling it. You're prior yeah, that to they've been mishandling it, that right. they're under uh, trained to use like that. A lot of the like goriest shit that you saw was from these like foam, like these guns that were shooting foam projectiles, but like they would just like straight up, like there was one that, with a dude who just had like a chunk taken out of his like scalp basically. But yeah, what one of the details that jumped out to me that they mentioned is secret quote shadow teams of undercover officers were sent into crowds without sufficient means of relaying their intelligence to commanders. So basically people (laughs) getting to go in without identifying themselves and just, fuck shit up for the purposes of fucking shit up but what were they doing like when they're saying relaying their intelligence like being like okay there's people peacefully protesting right well they're saying that that wasn't happening though they did they didn't even have the means to uh 
do that. So that raises the question of what is a shadow team doing if not reconnaissance? And it's probably just, you know, violence, right. uh, which is what we saw so frequently. I don't know that just anytime you get a term like shadow team, that sounds like it's a fucking like name of some first first person shooter or something. Right. It's just you can't trust people in positions of power to do something that is like that cartoonishly like cool masculine like the the sort of thing that an eight-year-old would like play if he was playing like cops and robbers uh right. would come up with I, it made me think of like the spy spycraft from the 20th century that like all looked really cool and like gave us the james bond movies and then when you look at the historical document it's like completely ineffective and like they did nothing they just it was just like creating cool toys for people to play with what What's the like? I mean, obviously, anyone who was there looked at news, read about it, could see police departments everywhere were overplaying their hand uh, right. and engaging in violence. You know, uh, like so. Okay, this comes out, and then are they trying to recommend some kind of recourse? Just being like, objectively, this is our analysis, and then it's just more of a rhetorical thing for the police union to be like. Oh, well, our friends over at the police nice, nice research lab said we did everything so chill. Uh, and so I don't actually know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, the LAPD has two reports coming. They're like, OK, you got one report. We got two. And uh, one is from like a very police union. They're based basically both from police union friendly uh, organizations. They were commissioned by the LAPD. They will presumably say the LAPD fucking nailed it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the point that this report makes is that it's also endangering the safety of officers. So like the, the police should be concerned about, about this, but it's just not happening. Mm. So they're basically like our shadow team is instigating violence. And then they're reporting back, there's violence happening and we're right. (laughs) Right. They're like, yes, this is correct. And we wrote about it in a report. Well, so this this report was from a uh, a former LAPD commander who now was what, doing what does this he know on what behalf of the of the city council, which you know, so it was like an independent, like sort of more uh, uh, citizen facing uh, right. report. And but then the police are going to have there. I mean, it's just been. Very frustrating and uh, disturbing and scary the way the police responded to any any of the protests as yeah. just like, well, again, like petulant children. Like they they went into the protests like, you know, children who were like playing cops and robbers be like, I'm Shadow Force One. I'm going to fuck shit up. And then right. like when people are like, hey, you guys are like doing the worst uh, fuck you, response Shadow Force. to this. Yeah, they're like, you have no idea what it's like. (laughs) Somebody put something in my coffee. The intimidation, too, from LAPD. I remember when the city council was being like, well, maybe we need to really look at these budgets. I remember there was like a lot of officers who were outside of like a city council meeting, basically like lightly Hmm. threatening and being like, we protect you guys. Yeah. How could you do this? And if you aren't going to protect us, like who's going to protect you? And when you see that many people, you're like, oh, shit. OK, yeah. I, I see what they're trying to say. But that's where it's like, fuck, when is the rubber going to meet the road? Because every nobody saw what happened and said, bravo, police. Right. Everyone's like, yo, fuck, start changing shit. Start rearranging their your budgetary priorities to actually address the fucking things we were talking about back then. But I think we are too far removed from all of the nuance that was happening in that moment that the narrative has completely just gone back to very lack of critical thought going into the idea of defunding police or what it means to alter our policing. It's just more like you with them or you against them. I don't know. Nuance has right. been, is gone now. Yeah, exactly. Very like just basic, like feuding type shit instead of like looking at it as like, this is a criticism of a civil service that you are paid with tax dollars to perform. Right. It's like, we got guns. You better fucking listen to us. Yeah. Or you're going to get shadow fucked in the streets exercising your rights. <laughs> right, right. It's just wild to think about, like, the fact that police are, they're just 
in a different universe where they they're just can, dudes that didn't make varsity football. And they walk around with guns and can kill anybody they want to and get away with it. Like that's it's it's obviously like a very basic thing that I think we all accept, but like there's been various times where where I'm just like, holy shit, like just being in line behind a cop at something or like walking right. past a cop and like they've got a massive weapon. You're just like, wow, they could shoot me if they wanted to. And yeah. and it could be a murder and be like, I don't know, I'm police. Yeah. It's a it's one of those weird things that I feel like we've just kind of, that is kind of been accepted because of inertia that I think in any like sort of sane version of the universe, we would look at and be like, it's like, yeah, it's a job for someone who's like, I'm kind of into killing unarmed people. (laughs) What's that job? Much in the same way. If like you liked cocaine and money, you'd immediately be like, I think wall street is where I'd work. Cause I don't sure there's the wall street part, but like, you know, where's the money and like a lot of cocaine consumption at, Oh, that's the job in the same way where it's like, yeah, like this, clearly you're seeing a pattern here out of this, occupation that's only inviting you know uh, like the incidences are only uh increasing anecdotally you you usually hear the people who become cops everyone who went to like school with them is like oh my god that is terrifying dude one of the dudes i know who's chp was the backup running back and he was too tiny to play on varsity damn so now he's just doing his little man shit on the roads Mm. all right anyways uh let's talk about voter suppression uh, another systemic clusterfuck. What, what's what's the latest here? I mean, I think it's just the just one fact to put down. There are 253 bills that are aimed at restricting people's access to voting, like 253 voter suppression bills on the books in 43 states right now. That's just a snapshot. We've we talked about Georgia how they were trying to turn the voter suppression clock back to 1859. But that was just the fucking tip. And it's becoming it's clear now that the Trump loss has triggered the one of the most overwhelming pushes to suppress votes based on the bullshit lie that, you know, we got to figure out these voting systems. They're all out of whack. So Texas, Montana, Iowa, Florida, fucking any everywhere, you know, 43 states, basically, it's happening in real time. And so. You know, at the same time, the House is trying to push through H.R. 1, which would make voting access much easier, like same day voting, pre-registering kids. So when they turn 18, like they're immediately registered to vote, like all these things to make voting easier, quicker, more efficient. And what they want to do is basically by having H.R. 1 there, they can remove a lot of the bullshit roadblocks from a federal level um, and saying, like, this is how things are done. But Republicans are against it. So that brings us to the passage of the bill where it can't fucking pass the Senate because of the filibuster and Joe Manchin and, and cinema. They will not budge. So Stacey Abrams, again, coming down from on high to offer wisdom and guidance onto alternative ways to think about and combat this voter suppression um, is talking about the only way to quote, only way to head that off, talking about the rolling back of voting rights. Um, is to invoke the elections clause of the Constitution, which allows the Congress and the Congress alone to set the time, place and manner of elections at a federal level. The judicial appointment exception, the cabinet appointments exception, the budget reconciliation exception are all grounded in this idea that these are constitutionally prescribed responsibilities that should not be thwarted by minority imposition, which is what is happening in the Senate. So, so basically create a new norm. Is that kind of the idea? Well, or just a way to bypass the filibuster saying, right. consider this, like if we're having these other ways to bypass it, this pretty much falls in line with the same ideals that allow these other processes to sort of skirt the filibuster. And, you know, right now with all these bills and the lack of anything, action, trying to address the filibuster, we're moving closer and closer to the point where the Democrats will quite literally just give away their power to the Republicans for the next 10, 15 years because they don't want to end the filibuster. Like that's, it's going to, that's what it's going to be. If we can't pass these laws, then you're just going to let all these voter suppression bills rock at a state level. How the fuck do you think you're going to win an election? If they're like, they're, they're going, they're turning it up even hotter than what we've seen. So it's just like very disheartening. And a lot of experts are like, This is the most fucked up thing happening right now amongst the omni fucked crisis that we're 
you know, facing. But as it relates to votes, this is something we really need to keep our eyes on because like that, the rules are going to get switched up on people and they're going to be at a polling place with no way to vote. Right. Yeah. And this is all being done in response to made up conspiracy theories about, you know, how people were voting multiple times or, you know, whatever, right. whatever the fuck. Trump Did either out. of y'all vote absentee or early or anything like that outside of like going on E-Day? Uh, I went early uh, to a vote, polling place. I voted by mail early. Right. And I'm I don't California was luckily not one of those states. But like even ones where you think things are on the level, like I implore you to like listeners to look at what is happening in your state houses to be fully aware, because this is how they carve out this minority rule by changing the rules in 43 states and negating the actual ability of people to just exercise their vote. It's it's like, you know. It's it's violence at every level now. Right. Um, and this is just so squarely aimed at reducing the vote of people of color as well, especially like it's just. But we knew that we saw where where the gains were made and and how people who were winning their elections were carving out those majorities. But this is, you know, this is their reflexive clapback from a party that has to maintain de facto white supremacy. Yeah. I mean, Manchin, like the the idea that Stacey Abrams was putting forward, like would mansion or cinema ever go for that? Like what? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's not ending the filibuster. I think that's why it's like, well then do fucking this thing at least. Like, what are y'all doing? And also it's almost like, what are y'all doing? Why does it even, why are we even like, yo, take Joe mansion and cinema and be like, yo, we need to get you right. Because this, because of you, you might fuck this up for hundreds of millions of people. Right. Because of your, Whatever, whoever's paying, whatever your donors are telling you to do or whatever your fucked up ideology is, like we're at a point where maintaining the filibuster just allows the Republicans to fucking stop it all. So you you really hope like they're like, are they seeing the problem the same way that I think regular people are seeing it and activists are seeing it? Yeah. The fact that we have to convince people to care about like the filibuster or like there's just all these different ways that politicians since basically Reagan and Clinton uh on the Democrat side have like been buffered from having to answer to voters like right. with these like non-majoritarian institutions who basically have all the power they regulate the economy they make decisions that actually matter and we don't vote for the people on like these you know, central banks or, you know, the massive corporations and right. they have huge influence on the politicians. And that's the thing that they're trying to keep going more so than like looking out for the best interests of people. Yeah. Uh, that seems like that's the Democrats way of sort of MO for for the foreseeable future unless something changes drastically. I mean, it might just change in that they completely cede their power. And it's like, it's just like, what the, okay, this is really the, this is how it's going now. You know, like they're, don't have the imagination or, you know, that they don't give a shit at the end of the day because where they're at socioeconomically, the the problems of that world probably won't get to them. And it's like they're systematically, like there's so much, like the way that these institutions have kind of insinuated themselves into the system is by is through complexity like it's it's mm-hmm. you know you need to have a law degree you need to like understand these like massive markets you need to understand all this shit and so it's only people who have like graduate degrees and like you know are it's it's a very small like group of technocrats who can even like understand the shit enough to you know, care and do something about it. And that's like a whole other, I don't know. Whole other issue we have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about other stuff. And we're back. And, uh, the 
Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, Oprah interview uh, has the the issues raised therein have been put to rest by uh, Prince <laughs> William. Uh, he has uh, he came with the fire take. He was uh, walking out, and a reporter goes, "Sir, have you spoken to your brother at all?" And he's like, "Blah blah 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 blah." And he's like, "But what about these these allegations? Are you?" And then I think the the reporter literally goes. Are you a racist family? <laughs> to which he replied, "We are very much not a racist family. <laughs> very much not a racist family." Um, oh, indubitably. Hell yeah, dog. I uh, mean, we are in fact so unracist that we bullied the one person of color out of the family and threw the and threw the child to the wolves. Um, right. So how can we be racist? I said right. a woman of color was almost part of my family. How could right. I be racist? <laughs> yeah. Nailed we it. come from a long line of colonizing the entire world because we believe that they're inferior to us, but right. we are not racist. Well, at one point, we thought the earth fucking belonged to us, that the right. sun would never set on all the shit we own. That was the motto. You know what I mean? Uh, and But I get it. You know what I mean? You caught yourself in a weird spot. Suddenly you're like, but now I'm racist just because of the racist past of this entire monarchy? Ah, it's just not fair, everyone. And he's in a very small circle of the people. It's him, it's his wife, or it's his dad, who could have been the person who was speculating about the color of uh, the baby's skin before it was born. So, yeah, I uh, think the hotter, hotter takes. You either did it or you're protecting the person who did it. Right. The hot speculation is maybe it's Kate, because if it was Kate, like that would just be, you know, they're like, oh, okay, (laughs) right. Because we expect it from every, like everyone else you'd expect it from. I mean, not that you say you don't expect it from anyone, but Kate Middleton would probably have the biggest, uh, you know, rehabilitation to overcome of like her image if but she's she, outed as yeah. like the. But in terms of like direct line to power, right? Those are the people who uh, right. are in line to inherit the throne. So um, if if William stepped aside, which he never would, would that, it would go to Harry, right? He would be the next. No, wouldn't it be his, art the his son? Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. okay. No, that's okay. gonna. T- no, it takes a minute for my my brother from another mother to to have that crown upon his head. Mm. So yeah, and this whole thing it just continues like it has a life of its own because we're getting another version too because there's so many British expats that live in the United States. So like we're getting the ripple effect over here too, and yo Sharon Osbourne, I think may get. One of the crowns, and I mean that with a pun intended, of the, some of the worst takes I've ever heard in trying to pick a side in this Pierce Morgan, Meghan Markle thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, so on the the talk, she was already like going on about like free speech. It's like, I don't cool. understand if it's free speech. Like, okay, right. that's when you're like, no, 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 okay. You've already lost because you're using free speech to talk about something that is so just tainted with racism and then her co-host cheryl underwood um you know who's a black woman was trying to like explain some shit to her just listen to this exchange because it's 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 just it's just fucking disappointing no i am i i feel even Mm -hmm. like uh i'm about to be put in the electric chair because i have a friend who many people think is a racist, so that makes me a racist. And for me, at 68 years of age, to have to turn around and say, I ain't racist. I'm, I'm just going to pause right there. Oof. What was that, Sharon? I ain't uh-huh. racist. Oh, is, uh-huh. that, is that how you talk? Nor- oh, uh-huh. anyway. What's it got to do uh, with me? Go on, Sharon. I, I want guess. you to hear from It's me. about her, though. I will from ask me. you again, Cheryl. Yes. I've been asking you during the break. Right. I'm asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. Yes. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. Tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Ed- educate me. Tell me. It is not. Okay, I can't even stand to hear Cheryl labor to fucking explain to Sharon Osbourne what the fuck she's talking about. But boo this trash off the stage. (laughs) Educate me, but I'm not going to listen to anything you say. Educate me and don't cry. What the fuck was that? You're talking. You're looking at someone 
who undoubtedly has experienced racism in every flavor and capacity, trying to let Sharon Osbourne understand the nuance of what it means when someone is dismissive of you describing an event where you have been discriminated against or treated unfairly with, you know, with uh, racial prejudice. And she's just like, I I don't like nuance. Point to the thing on the chart that's racist. And it's like, see, if, if this is the game you're playing, you're not actually interested in being educated. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, the, the guy who brought up, he said, like, Piers Morgan, uh, you know, Meghan Markle cut you off and you've been, like, mad about it ever since. I assume that was, like, from a journalistic standpoint. Like, he had been asked, like, she used to be a source that worked with him and then she stopped working with him and uh, he had his feelings hurt, like, professionally about that. Right. Um, but somebody surfaced a clip recently uh, that showed that he actually, like, went on like so you know just they they were friendly uh they had a couple pints together and then uh she ghosted him according to him uh oh and God. he's he, his feelings are hurt that's okay. and that like let, let let's just play the clip because right. it it really does speak volumes uh, two hours in the pub she had a couple of dirty martinis and a couple of pints we got on brilliantly and then I put her in a cab, and it turned out to be a cab that took her to a party where she met Prince Harry. And then the next night, they had a solo dinner together, and that was the last I ever heard from Meghan Markle. And <laughs> 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 I have never heard from her again. So what happened? In she, your, uh, she, she ghosted me, Ryan. <laughs> Meghan Markle ghosted did, me. Did she, do you think she just went... I'm afraid. I, look, I really liked it. This is why it hurts. <laughs> no. Oh, shut up, you fucking scoundrel. The fuck mm. is that? I don't mm. think that was a date. I think no. he thought that was a date. Right, right. And <laughs> she didn't think it was a date. And right. he's still mad. Right. Like, and then because he, he's doing that thing too, he's like, because you know, like right after that, like this, she met Harry, because I, which is you're putting out there, you know, like what if? You know, right. Like, I if. paid for her martinis. I paid for her cab, and she still didn't put out. Right. right. Yeah. What the fuck? And also, ugh, I mean. Yeah, definitely. Like he had that look in his eye, which is like the entitled man, like sort of fantasy world you live in where you can't see what the situation is. And you're like, I ticked this box and I ticked this box and there was no copulation. Right. I do not understand. (laughs) Where is the thing that I am owed? And then the fact that he that that person uh, that the I guess it was meteorologist called him out for. Mm -hmm being so brutal and just endlessly uh, talking shit about Meghan Markle in the media was like, that was the breaking point where he was like, that probably has something to do with your personal past with her. And that was the breaking point. That was when he was like, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. You leave me alone. That's right. Alex Beresford is the name of the dude. And yeah, he really, he said later on too, he's like, I didn't want him to quit. I wanted him to listen. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, but you know what, Alex? You can't save him. Don't worry right. about him. You know? Sharon Osborne might be able to, though. Uh, she. I mean, wow. It's just like that thing. Like, it's, it's for whatever reason, when people aren't, they themselves don't understand the nuance of racism, it's just a, just like immediate. It's like, I know racist. I'm not racist. This right. is not racism. It's like, well, right. oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why are you shouting then? Relax. But either way, we we found out they're very much not a racist family, so we're good. Uh, yeah, exactly. Moving yeah. on. Nothing to see here. I heard carry that on, the whole on. family doesn't have a single racist bone in their entire family <laughs> history. In uh, a racist bone in their entire <laughs> stolen history museum. Right, right. <laughs> not a racist bone contained in those artifacts we've stolen, in fact. Oh, Jesus. It's funny, too, because when you really think about it, like, yeah, like the monarchy is like the boss level. Of like white supremacy, like if you're like if you're doing like you're tracing it back, you know what I mean? Like because we we're getting it secondhand. Like we're just taking the shit y'all gave us and made it better in America. I guess I mean like, right. oh, you really want to say how to mistreat people? <laughs> Hold my beers. But like in this sense, like the sort of inability to just zoom out a bit and look in the context of our global history, like where this this institution is placed, and and being like. 
if we can't, let's not really acknowledge that in a significant way that still allows for these people who are alive now to not suffer the sins of the past monarchs. It's frustrating. All right. Let's talk about a new entry into the I can't believe this happened in the last three years. Right. Hall of Fame. This is fucking wild to me. The Thai uh, Cave Children Rescue was June and July 2018. That was 2018? 2018. We had it. We had this show was up and running. I, I vaguely remember like looking at a visual of like how narrow the cave is or how harrowing it was and like trying to describe it. I assumed that was like, I don't know, before this podcast, maybe like on a on a previous podcast or something. Um, I honestly thought it was in my mind. That makes sense. But because I thought it was last year, like 2019 or two years ago, 2019. But that felt like two years ago or three years ago. So I wasn't sure. But that was jarring to see that because we knew that immediately that like we're like, okay, so this is a movie. The second we heard about it and it did become a movie, which I guess is now being directed by Ron Howard. Um, And it. The apparently they've got the the casting is pretty far along. I think the most recognizable names for American audiences is are Colin Farrell, Joel Edgerton, and Viggo Mortensen. And so hmm. Mortensen is playing uh someone who plays like the the British Cave Rescue Council. I think that's the guy who Elon Musk called a pedophile. Oh hell yeah! Who's gonna play Elon Musk though? I wonder if if there's a part for him. They better um, get him in there. Yeah. Farrell plays John Valanthan, a veteran cave diver. Okay, fantastic. And Edgerton is Dr. Richard Harris and uh, just a cave diver again. <laughs> it's just a bunch of cave divers. <laughs> just cave divers. So, they're all cave divers. I don't. Are we going to watch this? Is it going to be good? Like, it was this a film for a pre-COVID world? I don't know, but I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I remember at the time, like, oh, that could be interesting. But part of me now is like, I think, A, I'm really angry at the fact that I don't know how when how linear time operates anymore yeah not at all well all right so there's a uh an atlantic article that's kind of on this subject of like the brain fog and like the fact that we can't really remember what things were like before i can't remember what things are like now uh let alone what things were like before and like i i think i was describing the fact that like when i like started parking in this building. I could remember like where I parked, but after like four months of parking in the building, I had no idea because each memory was just like going into this sea of like nearly identical memories. And so it was just like, and like, that's how I feel about every day now. It's Mm -hmm. like every day just goes into this sea of nearly identical days. And I have no kind of frame of reference or like, you know, point to orient things around. And that's kind of part of this theory. This guy, Mike Yassa, who's a neuroscientist at UC Irvine, says uh, that we're all basically walking around with some mild cognitive impairment uh, based on everything we know about the brain. Two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. A thing that's very bad for it is chronic and perpetual stress. And basically living through a pandemic is exposing people to micro doses of unpredictable stress all the time. Yeah. Like feeling like your things are out of your control is one of the greatest uh, causes of stress or contributors, exacerbators of stress. Um, And I feel like we've all felt that way a little bit. Yeah. The other thing here is just like calling it cascading collective trauma is the other way I've heard this talked about. Yeah. Where it's this, again, it's every level. It's COVID. It's economic recession. It's racial unrest. It's disaster, like natural disasters. So right. like, yeah, we're and then on top of it, there's like a media environment, too, that I've seen saying is compounding these stresses. Just by, right. by the kind of media you ingest on top of it is just a recipe for like, yeah, just consistent, like low grade trauma that is, you know, building up over time. It's a little tough. Yeah. 
Is that why Thai Caves feels like it was, you know, two decades ago? <laughs> exactly. Like, did no. they have cell phones back then? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, they had uh, divers? Were they going around in those, like, copper helmets? Like those old diving bells? <laughs> Are they okay? Did they come out all right? Did they if grow I tug up on the become, cord. Like... Uh... <laughs> yeah, the kids are all right. I think there's just the one, I think they're one person. Now. Yeah, exa- at this point, right. They're like, yeah, they're in their 60s, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got grandkids. They're doing all right. I, Dally, have you done anything like in terms of addressing the monotony of lockdown? Like, how, have you created strategies to combat these things? Are you even experiencing something like that? Because I feel like people have different resiliency levels when it comes to the, the lockdown, I feel. I'm definitely experiencing that. It's actually very cathartic to read like terms that like language for it. Um, right. Because I kind of thought I was just getting old and losing my memory. But uh, <laughs> right. it seems like it's a bit deeper than that. So, yeah, definitely. I um, I've been I'm a stand up comedian. So I all my shows have had to go on Zoom now. And, right. Um, it's it's not ideal, but it's also a great way to keep talking to people. Um, if I don't do those, I'm just talking to my dogs and that's insane because I talk to them with this voice and I can't (laughs) do that voice all day. So it's, um, that's one thing that helps kind of just, I have something to look forward to a few times a week. Um, and it does kind of break the monotony, but other than that, it's so hard for me to remember when things happened. I'm like, was that early in the pandemic? Was that five years ago? I don't know. Oh, I've yeah. been trying. I've also been trying to do like morning pages, which is just like, um, it's like the artist way, like journaling. Yeah, um, I do like seven hundred fifty words every morning just to like articulate what is triggering depression, or just vent, or just talk about or what. Just articulating I did thoughts. Right? Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I did this week. <laughs> right. So, um, that's been extremely helpful. Just getting um, one of my uh, friends, one of my comedy friends said it's kind of like um, taking a shit in the morning. It's just kind of like you get that out of your system. Right. right. And um, that's been really helpful for me. Your first 750 words. My first 750 turds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Having Uh, dogs is good, too. They force you to go outside and breathe fresh air. Yeah. 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 But like with kids, though, Jack, doesn't doesn't that somehow break it up? Or there is also a pattern, too, with like the ebb and flow of them yeah, they break. Work they definitely things like break things up for sure. It's just like every other part of the life that's like framing it, and just physical location. I remember watching my nieces and nephews like right. over. Like I remember that's like those are the parts of the pandemic I remember. Like doing it safely and being like, yeah, like we'll we could watch the kids for a little. I remember that because it's like ah, there's so much going on. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the COVID, the, the funny thing, and there's this other research paper that. You know, they're they're talking about the just cascading trauma effect or whatever. And they're saying, so what do we do about it? What do you think the solution is from experts just in general? How can we remedy what's happening for people that are stressed out right now? What do you think the solution is to this? The the pandemic being over? I don't know. <laughs> or, Avoiding. you know, what can the government do? You know, like right. help people. That's all they're right. saying. They're like the trauma is compounded when on top of it, there are people who are being like, I have no, like, there's no, I have nowhere to turn. Yeah. I'm not getting educated. I'm not getting PPE. I'm not getting rights as a worker. They're saying all of these things would be just particularly effective um, for like those that are, you know, especially at higher risk for, for COVID and things like that. So it's just like a, you know, it's like the simplest things, but we're just would never, I don't know, just cross the river across the rubicon into like help yeah without i mean it's a america's always been like a a very like cold world and uh i think this is just like laying bare how like live and let die like with the emphasis on the uh let die side of things uh it really is shit well, what a way to end things. Uh, Dally, <laughs> it's been a pleasure uh, having you. Where can people uh, find you, follow you, see your stand-up, all that good stuff? Um, my website is DaliaMalik.com, and I'm just Dahlia, D-A-L-I-A, on Twitter, and Dahlia Malik on Instagram, and all all the other socials. Uh, what is there now? Uh, Clubhouse, if you want to. Oh, yeah, you on the house? You on the sea house? <laughs> I'm on the sea house, yes. Any shows over there? I've been um, just whenever I'm like 
eating lunch alone or something, I'll hop on there and give people bad advice. I've been creating a room called Bad Advice for from Bad People, and I'll just, like, pretend to be an expert on all of life and give people advice that's very ill-advised. Right. Um, <laughs> Do you sing it? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I should! Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. I will next time. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? So this is by... Kevin Titt for real. Um, it's comedian Kevin Titt who is um, based in D.C. So that's Kevin Titt, F-R-E-A-L. Um, so this is like the GOP talking and then the Democrats talking. So GOP, fuck it. Let's just do slavery again. Dems, um, no, we are better than that. Maybe something more like indentured servitude. <laughs> right. So easy. I so, loved it. I love that. Yeah. I that was like my most recent retweet. So I just um. I mean, another point on the two of the the two lovely parties in D.C. I mean, what about <laughs> all the ground Democrats seated to not get one vote? Yeah, <laughs> the the bill passed with not a single Republican vote, and they... why'd you why'd you why even water it down, y'all? Why right. why <laughs> why? Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm. the absurdity of all of it is just on display, and then. Like, fuck, man. Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Ooh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Um, you can find me on, uh, let's see, the other show, 420 Day Fiance, where we're talking about 90 Day Fiance and a little bit of herb. You get it. You get the vibes. Uh, come by. We have a good time. We also talk about Married at First Sight and other reality trash because we're trash-dwelling single-celled <laughs> organisms. Uh, some <laughs> tweets that I like. At... Uh, DisXPix tweeted, the point of Twitter is to say things you're 20% sure of. <laughs> um, another one from Max Guapo tweeting, I don't want a $1,400 stimmy. In fact, I want $1,400 taken out my bank account. I love hustling hard and getting it out, the, getting out the mud. <laughs> so, hashtag no handouts. <laughs> So funny. And then um, a few more. This was from Reductress at Reductress. Okay, Boomer, this five-year-old doesn't know his rising or moon sign. <laughs> and then there's another one that is just so hard to describe, but is Julie Griner at Julie Abridged uh, tweeted, I'm worried this clip has changed my life. And it's like the reveal from The Masked Singer. Where I don't know if you know what happened. They spoiler alert for the mass singer. If you have not, if you know, if you care about spoilers, is it singer or dancer? I feel like it's. What do you mean, the mass singer? Is it the mass singer or the mass dance? There's two shows now. I think. There's a masked yeah. dancer now. I believe so. Oh my god! I think get I've us seen out the... of here, Jack. Get us out of here. Um, <laughs> no, but the mass singer, the snail was revealed, and it was Kermit the Frog. So it was like puppetception. Oh, and like fuck. everyone's like minds are being and the video is cut together so dramatically it's like a fucking coked out fever dream that whole show every clip i see of it seems like it is a yeah it's yeah, like, like a from a different sketch. world yeah it, Ooh, it who is controlling the kermit right yeah yeah exactly well that's what's go we're gonna find out next because right. there's gonna be a kermit on the next episode then you're going to reveal that it was a uh, Fozzie inside of Kermit. Oh, time. my God. Just just like the um, juxtaposition too, like of these like celebrities being like, oh, my God, it's Kermit. And like literally being like Kermit arms with it. But like right. like juxtaposing that with like this situation in our fucking country right now. It's like mm. it's just we're we're truly at, you know, bread and circuses uh, time now. So we have reached the height of culture. The heights, absolute it heights. It is the cool zone, as Robert Evans <laughs> describes it. Yep. Paul F. Tompkins tweeted, if there are any sound editors reading this, you don't have to add feedback every time a microphone appears on screen. <laughs> uh, and uh, Adam Sirius uh, at Brow Tweetin tweeted, Customer, uh, I'd like to buy a bagel with cream cheese. Me. Uh, sorry, we only take cash. Manager, can I talk to you? <laughs> There's also a picture uh, that I don't know if it's photoshopped or not, but uh, root beer flavored vape juice flavored root beer. It's a root beer uh, flavored vape juice flavored 
Yeah, it's like a two liter. So the root beer is mimicking root beer flavored vape juice. Yes. That's, I mean, that appears to be be fake, but it's got to be fake. But, and yet, it doesn't matter. Kermit was in the snail, y'all. So anything's possible. Have you ever vaped root beer? Does it taste different than real root beer? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a great question. It's probably got a little smoke. Is it like, no, this is the artificial root beer. It's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a naturally derived root beer (laughs) that you're used to uh, that comes from the earth. Uh, And, uh, Anna Granta, ADHD coach UK, uh, <laughs> tweeted something that I did not know was a symptom of my ADHD, but this makes sense. Uh, ADHD is spending the day in waiting mode because I have a thing at 1 p.m. That oh. is, is that not oh my God. normal? Is that, is oh, that no. just us? Uh-oh. It me. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we recommend you go listen to now. Uh, Miles, what song uh, is our recommendation for today? Okay, you inbound pass me the ball, and I'm dishing to the wing. Dahlia right now to recommend an Illingsworth track for Zeitgang to listen to. Oh, hell yeah. I love this play. Okay. So this is from the album I Didn't Ask For This, which I recommend the whole album. But this song is called As An Adult. I don't know if I should tell you what it's about or just let it be a surprise. No, tell but, it. Just um, te- like, let us know. Like, give us a give them a reason to listen. It's an autobiographical song, so it's about a time that Illingsworth um, shit his pants as an adult. Hey. <laughs> that experience. Um, wow, perfect. It's more for common the show. than you would think. Um, oh yeah, it yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah, I know so many people. Uh, and I'm I'm really glad that it has a theme song now. So right <laughs> now we have the the shitting your pants as an adult anthem from Illingsworth. Coming Hell straight yeah. to your ears. Uh, but check that out in the footnotes because that's yeah. where we'll link off to it. Uh, all right. Go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Don't shit your pants. 